KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. At last night's San Diego Mayoral Forum, Assemblymember Todd Gloria and City Council Member Barbara Bree faced off in a very civil manner compared to last week's presidential debates. The forum was hosted by KPBS's Andrew Bowen in collaboration with UC San Diego. The candidates answered questions about equity, the housing crisis, ballot measures, the COVID-19 recovery, and of course, some of their ideas for tackling climate action goals. And I would use the authorities provided the mayor uh, under Assembly Bill 805, which provides a chance for the mayor of San Diego to be a leader at SANDAG to align our regional transportation plan to match our climate action goals. Establishing employment centers closer to where people live, downtown and Otay Mesa, closer to where we already have public transit. If you missed it last night, KPBS will air the forum in full on KPBS Midday Edition at noon on 89.5 FM. You can also stream the forum on our website at kpbs.org. San Diego City Council President Georgette Gomez released her tax returns recently, and the San Diego Union-Tribune noted some discrepancies between the returns and publicly available information. Gomez is running for a seat in Congress in California's 53rd District against opponent Sarah Jacobs. According to Gomez's federal tax filing in 2017, she reported no income, despite earning more than $90,000 from her job on the council. The UT also found that that on her 2018 return, Gomez reported about $90,000 in income, but in financial disclosures she had to file with Congress as a candidate for federal office, she reported an income of more than $120,000. In a statement, Gomez says she was shocked by the discrepancies. Through a spokesperson, she says her accountant and tax preparer are at fault for the errors, and she plans to file an amended return. UC San Diego is planning a COVID-19 vaccine trial at a national city park as part of a global trial run. The vaccine trials are expected to run through October 2022. UCSD is waiting on approval from Janssen Pharmaceuticals to get started, but to sign up for the vaccine trial, go to covidvaccinesd.com. San Marcos is helping city employees who are returning to work by providing a place for their kids to go for distance learning. The city has turned the local senior center into a learning hub where children are guided by staff into their Zoom meetings and lectures. Parents can drop off their kids for a day of virtual learning followed by recreational activities. Stella James is a student at the learning hub. She says the recreational activities are her favorite part. I like it here because um, I get a um, play in the rec room and I get to go on the playground with the PM staff and um, sometimes when you're in music and PE you get to go into the computer room. The city says the program will be available to city employees through the end of 2020 and potentially beyond to assist parents with hybrid learning.
The Padres' season ended last night when they went down for the third game in a row to the L.A. Dodgers. Last night's score, a disappointing 12-3, as the Dodgers seemed to get hit after hit. This was the first time in more than two decades that the Padres had advanced to the National League Division Series. It's Friday, October 9th, and it's officially 22 more days until Halloween. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. The 49th Congressional District in San Diego's North County flipped in 2018 from Republican to Democrat. KPBS reporter Shalina Chetlani spoke to both candidates about their platforms and their confidence in their voter base. In the 49th District, there are slightly more Democratic voters, 38 percent, compared to Republican voters, 36 percent, and more than a quarter are independents. That could help incumbent Mike Levin keep the seat blue. But Republican challenger Brian Marriott says he could flip the seat back because voters want someone more bipartisan. I mean, Mike is a very, very ambitious progressive. He's part of a progressive caucus that has ideas about nationalizing our energy sector, our healthcare sector, and that means putting you and your family on a government-run plan quickly. I mean, that's their plan, and that's not what families want. But Levin says he's passed several bipartisan bills. I think the record speaks for itself. I'm the chairman of a Veterans Affairs Subcommittee where I've helped to introduce 20 bills, bipartisan bills, 12 of which have passed the House, four of which have already been signed into law by President Trump. Uh, Look at my own record, and I'm very proud. We've uh, uh, done a a very good job in trying to represent our community. Some of Levin's key issues are veterans' rights and removing nuclear waste from San Onofre and keeping residents safe during the coronavirus pandemic. Marriott says he supports private health care and keeping businesses afloat. Shalina Chatlani, KPBS News. Democratic Congressman Scott Peters and Republican challenger Jim DiBello pose a stark contrast to voters in the 52nd Congressional District, which spans most of coastal San Diego County. KPBS's Amitha Sharma has more. Four-term Congressman Peters touts his work on pushing for the $750 million San Ysidro border crossing expansion and a new training facility for Navy SEALs, as well as supporting programs to reduce veteran homelessness. Peters says his district is one of the 10 most educated in the country and does not support President Trump, unlike his opponent, tech entrepreneur DeBello. He will not state a single policy disagreement with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has caused a lot of hurt to this country. I oppose him and my opponent does not. And I don't think the voters of the 52nd are going to put up with that. DeBello doesn't believe humans are the main driver of climate change. He says abortion should be available in cases of rape, incest, and when a woman's health is in jeopardy. He also favors replacing the Affordable Care Act. He said this about Peters. 
My opponent, regrettably, hasn't passed a single bill that he's personally authored in eight years during his entire incumbency. DeBello says homelessness and the flow of sewage from the Tijuana River are among the region's top problems. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News. Change is coming to the San Diego County Board of Supervisors as term limits push out longtime incumbents. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen looks at the two candidates vying to represent District 1 in South County. Supervisor Greg Cox, a moderate Republican, has represented the district for 25 years. The district includes San Isidro, Chula Vista, and Coronado. After the November election, it will be represented by a Democrat, either Ben Hueso or Nora Vargas. Vargas serves on the Southwest. Western Community College Board and works as a vice president of Planned Parenthood of the Southwest. She says the COVID-19 pandemic has made it clear the county needs leaders with direct experience in health care. When you talk about health care, we're not just talking about medical health care or mental health care, right? We're also talking about making sure that people have access to food, housing security and transportation, all of the issues that really um, are the basic needs that our communities uh, uh, have to have in order to be able to have a good quality of life. State Senator Ben Hueso says his long record in public service, including five years on the San Diego City Council and a decade in the state legislature, shows he knows better how to make government work. I have not only worked hard to represent my constituents, but to actually get things done. And I'm running because I have a strong record of getting things done, of using this system to help improve the lives of the people of San Diego. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Recent polls show the race for the 50th congressional district in San Diego's East County is neck and neck. Veteran and former Congressman Daryl Issa is squaring off against former U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce official and East County native Amar Campanajar. KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman takes a look at both candidates. I'm trying to teach you the best I can. And the, I'm trying uh, to keep you honest, but that's fine. Well, and I'm trying to keep you honest. The race for the 50th Congressional District is heating up. I look forward to having you as a constituent when I return. You know, my, uh, my two years... I can't say the same because you don't live in the district, but go ahead. I, I do live in the district. Republican Daryl Issa and Democrat Amar Campanajar have had some tense exchanges during recent forums. He has great ideas, but I Don't can you want to answer the actual there. question? I already answered the question. Oh, good. That's okay. why you're responding to it. After serving in Congress for 18 years, most recently in the 49th Congressional District, Issa is eyeing a return to Capitol Hill. He stepped down in 2018 after regular protests outside his office in Vista. He was then nominated for a position inside the Trump administration. I make no bones about it. As a conservative, the other district that I represented became very difficult, but I stood my ground. My two-year sabbatical uh, has certainly given me an opportunity to rest. So I, I'm, uh, I've never been more excited about the job. The candidates are vying for a traditionally conservative seat once held by Duncan Hunter. The district currently has no representation. Hunter resigned after pleading guilty to misusing campaign funds. The district covers much of East County and goes into Temecula. 40% of voters in the 50th are registered Republicans, while 30% are Democrats. Still, former Obama White House aide Campanajar was able to grab nearly half of the vote in 2018 and is now running for a second time. Voters need to know that I am a consensus builder. You know, I've managed to piss off both sides of the party, both parties. So I'm doing something right. On the things we agree on, I want to go far. 
creating jobs, apprenticeship programs. Camp and Ajar sat down with KPBS to talk about the issues while ISA's campaign did not make the former congressman available for an interview. ISA did address many issues in public forums and debates. One of them was how to help businesses affected by the pandemic. Both candidates agreed that the state should not be deciding who gets to stay open and who has to shut down, but ISA does not want to see any more forgivable loan programs, while Camp and Ajar does. The idea that we're going to throw another trillion, two trillion, three trillion of borrowed money uh, in order to keep people at home, I think that is foolhardy. It is inconsistent with what the what I'm hearing. Small businesses are telling me they just want to reopen. What I'd like to do when I'm in Congress is make sure that these loans for small businesses are going to those who are employing people and need it the most. California Governor Gavin Newsom recently issued a bold executive order to tackle climate change. All new cars sold in the state will have to be zero emissions by 2035. But Campanajar says the state has energy issues and points to recent rolling blackouts. We need to make sure that our energy policies meet the demands. Right now, we don't have the supply, especially in those peak hours when the sun is setting, people are going home. We've done a good job with solar and wind and, and biofuels to have energy development, but we're not good with the storage yet. ISA agrees storage is a problem and wants to see investments in energy alternatives like nuclear and pump storage. We need to have be more innovative. We need to have large storage capability uh, or we need to keep other systems on board. We're prematurely shutting down nuclear, which is, of course, zero emissions. The candidates have sparred over health care and how to lower costs for Americans. We have to reduce the cost of health care, not try to subsidize insurance. The basic goal is competition, tort reform, FDA reform. These are the three things that will work. I don't believe in single payer, just the opposite. Campanajar did support Medicare for all while running in 2018, but now he says it's not affordable and he doesn't support single payer health care. Have your private insurance if you want it. Half of Americans have it, but then create competition to lower costs and increase the quality of care. Introduce a national Kaiser nonprofit plan give people the opportunity to buy into Medicare a little bit earlier. Through the end of June, ISA, formerly one of the wealthiest members of Congress, has raised $8.2 million, of which nearly $6 million was donated or loaned by ISA himself. During the same time, Campanajar has raised just over $3 million. That was KPBS's Matt Hoffman. And remember, the KPBS Voter Guide is online now. It's a resource where you can customize it to your ballot, you can make sure you're registered to vote, request a ballot, find your polling place, and find comprehensive links to all of the news and information on local and state races and ballot measures. You can find the KPBS Voter Guide online at kpbs.org election. Coming up on the podcast, we'll have a quick film review from our arts reporter, and then we'll take a closer look at community outbreaks of COVID-19 in San Diego. It hit me hard because I was like, oh, you know, you, you really hope it doesn't happen. That's next after this break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.
The documentary Time depicts one woman's fight for the release of her husband who is serving a 60-year sentence in prison. The film is now playing at the newly reopened Landmark Hillcrest Cinemas. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando has this review. Garrett Bradley wants her documentary Time to encourage people to imagine a more just and compassionate future. The way she tries to achieve this is through the story of Fox and Rob Rich, a couple who committed a robbery out of desperation. Fox served three and a half years, but Rob was sentenced to 60. When Fox was released, she dedicated her life to getting her husband out of prison. At one point, her son talks about the struggle. If we are to transform the criminal justice system in order to make it more a forgiving system, then you have to understand how it operates. Time wants us to understand that injustice is not just about innocent people wrongfully imprisoned, but also guilty people whose punishments do not fit their crimes. Time states its case with great humanity and a stunning sense of artistry. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. A community outbreak of COVID-19 is defined as at least three cases among people who live in different households. San Diego County tallies its outbreaks to monitor coronavirus spread. But in our ongoing series about the county's COVID data, KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento says the significance of counting outbreaks has waned. The University Christian Church bells are a familiar sound in San Diego's Hillcrest neighborhood. But there used to be another melody ringing from the sanctuary. The San Diego Gay Men's Chorus rehearsed in the space for its upcoming Broadway concert series. But the group went quiet in March. Executive Director Jeff Heine says they canceled rehearsals as a precaution. There was an unknown quantity to this this virus. The show was delayed until next year. But we wanted to be safe. The last rehearsal was 10 days before Governor Gavin Newsom ordered all Californians to stay home. Goes into force and effect this evening. But COVID was already in the door. Four chorus members would later test positive and become one of the region's first community outbreaks. It hit me hard because I was like, oh, you know, you, you really hope it doesn't happen. There have been hundreds of outbreaks in San Diego County since then, and officials track those clusters to measure how much COVID is spreading. Outbreaks are one of 13 triggers the county uses to determine public health restrictions. But a KPBS review of the triggers found it's a complicated and evolving system. For example, there should be no more than six community outbreaks in a week. But we've exceeded that number for months. The San Diego Unified School District initially said classrooms wouldn't reopen until we met that goal. But both county and school officials are reevaluating this metric. For the Gay Men's Chorus, news of COVID illnesses circulated just days after practice was canceled. You know, a singer would post something on Facebook saying that they were home sick. Heine eventually contacted the health department. He said he was told the info helped them link the cases together. They have tested positive. We have their names already. You're just helping us to connect the dots. County health officials connect a lot of these dots. At one point, staff confirmed 40 community outbreaks in a week. There are fewer now, but still more than the threshold. And the county's Dr. Wilma Wooten is giving the metric a second look. To determine going forward if that number should change or remain the same. That was a month ago. County doctors wouldn't give an interview for this story. But a spokeswoman says they're still reviewing the threshold. In the meantime, parents have pushed San Diego Unified for a clear reopening plan. It's not acceptable. 
But other parents are pushing to reopen only when experts say it's safe. UC San Diego's Dr. Howard Terras is advising the district on when that is. He says he acknowledged early on plans could change. The school board just okayed sending a small percentage of students back to limited in-person learning next week. It doesn't worry me to open schools more than we are now in the San Diego Unified School District. Um, if only community outbreaks, especially the type of community outbreaks that we're seeing, um, is still not quite yet up to par. Meanwhile, all four San Diego Gay Men's Chorus members have recovered, including one who was hospitalized. Heine says he's not sure where or how COVID was transmitted, but he thinks at least one singer contracted it from his job in the medical field. Not necessarily with the chorus at all, so he was hospitalized. A county spokeswoman said linking an outbreak to an organization or a location doesn't mean that's where transmission occurred. But the chorus rehearsal space is still empty. God, I miss it. I really miss it. The chorus did brief reconnect in June at Balboa Park. They recorded a socially distanced video to them singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Passersby recognize them. Heine says after canceling two seasons of concerts and profits, the experience lifted the chorus's spirits. I think for the people who gathered too, I mean it, it kind of gets you wondering, well, what would stop us from just going out into the park and just singing Christmas carols in December? Their return to Broadway show is scheduled for April, but it's unclear what the data will allow then. Right now, live theater is not part of any phase of the governor's reopening plan. That was KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento. KPBS will continue to report stories on the region's 13 triggers as part of an ongoing series. You can look at all 13 data points using the KPBS trigger tracker at kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.